Welcome back to the Gridiron Gang Podcast. Special bonus content. My co-host Jesse, he's out on assignment. He's in the lab. He's getting the research done to bring to you midweek next week. In the meantime, I have a special guest along with me, our good friend, bringing him in for a preview of picks this week that we're liking across the board. Kier, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you here, man. How are you doing today? Oh, listen, buddy. I'm just happy to be here. If there's a line, I'll make a pick. That's kind of how I live my life, so I'm excited to get into this and talk about some of these games. NFL's back, baby. NFL's back in a big way, and speaking of games, how do you like the Raiders-Bills under 47 points for this first game coming up on Sunday? Listen, Josh Allen is a great quarterback. He had a horrible game last week. The Jets' defense is great. I just... I don't understand after their performance last week how they can be this big of a favorite on anyone. The Jets had success running the ball last week. I think the Raiders will be able to do the same. But it is also a must win for the Bills. Jacoby Myers is out. That connection with Jimmy G. He had a great game last year. What are you thinking for this? I could see this being a little tighter. The the line is 8.5. I could see this game being a little tighter than the line suggests. I completely agree with you, Kier. And Josh Allen, I mean, he continues to display turnover issues. He is now leading the NFL since he has come into the league in turnovers. I think this is going to be a way tighter game than a lot of people are thinking. I think the Bills took a big step back this year. They didn't add another receiver for Josh Allen to go to. Stephon Diggs is great, but he I'm can... so sick of people saying Gabe Davis is a great second Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Not... I'm, I'm not sold on Gabe Davis. Me and Jesse have brought that up on previous shows, and I I just don't see 47 is a lot of points and I don't see it going over 47 and I also don't see the Bills covering on that eight and a half spread that's too many points and what I think is going to be a very tight game between these two teams yeah absolutely I think I like Raiders eight and a half points I mean Max Crosby is one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL he could wreak some havoc if you can get Josh Allen out running he has proven that he sometimes gets a little too excited and doesn't have the best uh, decision-making abilities, so Bill's got to prove something to me. I like Raiders, 8.5. Alright, you heard it there, and I, I completely agree with all that. I'm going to move us on to Tampa Bay versus the Chicago Bears, and you know, call me a sucker, call me whatever you want. Baker Mayfield, he has me sold on this ability to lead this Tampa Bay Bucks team. He has shown last week he had calls at halftime saying he actually took down their hand signals and was able to deliver a phenomenal second half got the job done so give me Tampa Bay on the money line against Chicago Justin Fields not doing enough with that offense they look very stagnant hesitant to open up the field downfield the Bucks. I mean we're talking the likes of Devin White Levante David Vita Vea they're going to be wreaking havoc on that front the whole entirety of the game and I just think Tampa Bay is the better team right now yeah, I couldn't remember. Their defense looked awesome last week for Tampa Bay. Baker said that he figured out their signals at half. I don't know if that's true or what's going on with that. But he did have a better second half. His connection with Mike Evans, he seemed... I mean, Mike Evans is just as sturdy of a wide receiver over the past. I think he has nine straight years over 1,000 yards. He's just a sturdy player. I think the I think the Bucks are built to win tough games. I think the defense can stop the run against the Bears, which seems to be where the Bears need to do to have success. And I'm going with the Bucks. If the Bears open it up and they find DJ Moore, Justin Fields has a great day throwing the ball down the field, then I'll eat my words, but I'm going to have to see it before I can just believe it. I like the Bears where they're headed. 
but I think they're a couple years away from being the team that they can be. Yeah, I think right now, I think that Bucks D is going to present way too many challenges There's for just Justin Fields. There's energy Field. down there with the Bucks, and let's see what happens. Exactly, right? exactly. And I will have to mention Baker Mayfield, turnover free week one. That's going to be big in this matchup. And not only turnover free week one, but the entire preseason. He's looking really good. He looks ready to fight for his life in the NFL. He's so. got a chip on his shoulder. He's stiff arming guys. He's He's got heart for sure. Let's ride with the Bucks. Okay, anyways, I'll shift our focus towards uh, Kansas City I'm versus exci- the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm this excited is for this one. What what a great football game this is going to be. I cannot wait to watch this weekend. And me and Jesse have talked about this guy a lot on our past podcasts. And it's Calvin Ridley. It's his time to shine. He's back, man. He's back Absolutely. in a big way. He's simply too good. Elite speed, footwork, playmaking ability, awareness on and off the ball. He runs his routes phenomenally. 67 and a half yards for him to go over. I I just think he's going to smash right through that. I think he's going to be a focal point of this offense yet again, and he's going to rise to the occasion in a giant Week 2 matchup. Yeah, I have him in fantasy. I, I like him. I, I liked him when he was on Atlanta, when he was putting up better numbers than Julio. He showed great. I mean, he missed the year last year. I think a lot of people forgot about him. Listen, Andy Reid is always good off extra rest. They always are. The Chiefs are never an easy out. And he's getting his guys back. Right? He's getting Chris Jones back. He's getting um, Travis Kelsey back. I just I think the Jags are really using this week to, con- to try to solidify themselves as contenders. I think you could argue that the Jags have... Maybe top to bottom better roster. Obviously, the high points for the Chiefs are insane, but Trevor Lawrence has great receiving options with Calvin Ridley, as we talked about. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones is a third receiver, had a great touchdown on a phenomenal pass from Lawrence. Lawrence is a superstar. I think both quarterbacks can throw two or more touchdowns. I think this is going to be a shootout. The over under is 51. I think it even goes over that. And listen, it is an indictment on the Chiefs. I think the Jags win. I think the Jags are just poised to have a good year. They learned how to win at the end of last season. A little bit, and they want to come out. They lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. They want to come out and take over. Now, I need your opinion on this, though. Kadarius Tony last week had one, arguably one of the worst performances Tough, ever. Tough, man. I mean, just watching that, your heart goes out to a guy because you know he's putting in that work. You know he wants to make an impact for this team. He had and a great chance to prove himself and become a good part of that offense. I somehow think he's going to score a touchdown this week. You it's know- so reverse of what happened last week. And people want to get down on people and trends. I, I think Tony somehow finds the end zone this week, or they might even make an emphasis on it. And I'm I a think- big-time supporter for a bounce-back game, and if you have them deep down in your fantasy lineups, maybe in your fantasy leagues, I, feel free to throw him in on the flex. Maybe he gets a big game. Maybe he gets in the house one or two times, And because the Chiefs, they got to find someone. Kelsey's still a little banged up. He's going to be back, but he's not going to be at 100% yet. So I like that call. I think he's he's got a chance to get involved. You've seen Andy Reid in the past get the ball to playmakers' hands who are struggling to boost confidence for those playmakers. So good point there, Kier. Twilight the over. I lean towards the Jags, but it's always hard. Can you imagine the Chiefs just going 0-2 this year? It's hard to imagine, so... I can't fathom it. Over. Can't fathom it, but it's a definite possibility against this electric Jags team. I think that'll be a great matchup. Let's move along. Obviously, one really quickly, one last guy to watch in that game is Travis Etienne. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. The Jags look poised. They can throw it for 300. They can run it for whatever, right? They can do it anyway. So look out for the playmakers on the Jags to 
have an opportunity to cement themselves as a as a real real contender. Fantastic point on Travis Etienne. He remains an integral part of that offense. Kier, I got Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions for Cincinnati against the Baltimore Ravens this week. I just want to say, you're not going to see Joe Burrow throw for under a hundred yards ever again, maybe ever again. So in the whole of 2022 regular season Jamar Chase only went under six and a half receptions three times him Burrow Bengals they need a big bounce back and he's going to be the main guy to do it for them he is a superstar receiver in this league and they're going to make a point of emphasis against a banged up Ravens team to get him the ball yeah I mean like you said Bengals simply just cannot look worse than they did last week 0-2 in their division is really tough if you lose to the Browns and the Ravens right away Ravens D is good as you mentioned. Their team's banged up. Then I don't think their D line is as good as the um, the Browns. And I think since he bounces back in a big way, and I think with both kickers on these teams, I like over two and a half field goals, three, maybe four, even because I think both these teams. I and the line is set correctly at three. I think field goals are going to matter in this game. I think Burrow can have a get right game. Hopefully. Two or more touchdowns. I know people in fantasy are really looking for him to step up after the stinker they threw up last week. I think I like Cincinnati, but I definitely like field goals in this game. Fantastic point on the field goals. We're talking two of the best kickers in the league. One perhaps the best of all time in a lot of people's minds. And I think this is going to be a battle in the trenches in this game. This is going to be a tightly contested game all the way to the end. Field goals will be a premium. Fantastic like point you, you said raised too, there. Jamar Chase, obviously, he's set to have a great week. There's not going to be many weeks that he doesn't hit his overs. T. Higgins also zero catches last week. I'm yeah, sure. in your fantasy lineups, if you have him on the bench, I think you should get him in your lineups because there's no way T. Higgins on eight targets is going to come up with zeros again. That is certainly going to, that is for sure. Uh, moving along, I got Christian McCaffrey over 64 and a half rush yards against the LA Rams this week. And this is no disrespect to the LA Rams and what they were capable of doing in that giant week one win against the Seattle Seahawks. But we're talking a superstar, Christian McCaffrey, behind a very healthy offensive line. He just popped off for over 150 rushing yards week one against a very good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So look for him to continue to stay on track and be a focal point of that uh, San Francisco offense going forward. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco arguably was looked like the best team in football last week. They got a great roster, top to bottom. Brock Purdy looked great. And last week, the Rams had a great game against the Seahawks, and McVay kind of has Pete Carroll's number. I'll just tell it as it is. I'm a Seahawks fan, but McVay just has Pete Carroll's number. But in the same way that happens, Shanahan beats Sean McVay. And neither like to talk about it because they're no. close friends, but that's eight in a row for Shanahan over McVay yep. coming into this matchup now. The 49ers are overpowered. Seven and a half is a lot of points for a divisional rival, but, I mean, 49ers have 11 straight regular season wins dating back to last year. Brock Purdy's healthy, looking good. They have so many weapons. Their defense is so explosive, and they beat you up. To me, this comes down to what would you rather cheer for? For the for the Rams to try to keep it close within seven and a half points? Or for arguably the best team in football to flex their muscles and go out and show why they are so good? I like the 49ers here. Me too, man. I completely agree with everything you said. They're just a phenomenal football team all the way through. Superstar stack could be an all-star team. Let's go 49ers. Let's go Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to move us on. Ryan Tannehill. 
coming off the worst Horrible. performance of his career from a statistical standpoint with a 28.8 passer rating versus the Saints and three interceptions. I got him to go over a half an interception in this game against the Chargers. And listen, before you guys say it, I already know the Chargers. Yes, they gave up 466 yards through the air to Tua and Tyreek Hill last week. But guess what? Ryan Tannehill is not Tua, and they have no one of the likes of Tyreek Hill. DeAndre Hopkins potentially going to be out with a banged-up ankle. Look for Tannehill to really struggle to move this ball anywhere against this Chargers defense that wants to bounce back and make a big statement after getting torched like that last week. I mean, let's be honest. The Chargers need they need this game. They are both, both kind of need a win here after losing their first week, but... The Titans, I don't think, are just as good. I mean, Mike Vrabel's a fantastic coach. I think he takes them a long way. I just don't. They just, they seemingly just don't have a passing game. They arguably have three quarterbacks on their roster that just maybe none of them are good, which is an issue. The Chargers scored a lot of points. Yes, their defense let up a lot of points, and like you said, the passing yards, but it's not the Miami Dolphins they're playing here, right? It's a better assignment. The Chargers seem to be able to run the ball well. If Eckler's healthy, I like him to score a touchdown and have some yards, some catches. If not, Josh Kelly is a formidable backup, and I think he can have some success too. I like the Chargers over team total 23.5. I think they score 24 points. I think they, the Chargers are going to go for it, and I think they need to make a statement that like we, we're not just a team that will lose shootouts. We can, we can dominate teams, and I think this is the week they need to try to pull that off. If they go 0-2 with having the Chiefs in their division and how tough the AFC is, I just think it's impossible to come back. Chargers need to make that step forward. They've been good, not good enough, and they it's it's time. It's a make-it-or-break-it moment for uh, Justin Herbert this year. they got to go deep. I know they've dealt with health issues, but somehow under their head coach, I just I, some, somebody has to do something and make a move, or else I don't know if you just keep everything together. I completely agree with everything you say, Kier. This is a very winnable matchup for this Chargers team, and they will be looking to make a big statement after losing that shootout last week. Moving along, Indianapolis Colts versus the Houston Texans. This is a tough one. I think this is going to be a great game. I, I personally am looking forward to watching both of these young quarterbacks who look to be very, very poised early on in their NFL careers. But what I'm looking at for this game, I'm looking at over three and a half field goals between both teams. I think these quarterbacks have a very good ability to move the ball down the field. I think the defenses of both teams, they are good, but they're nothing to write home about. Nothing on the special side of the spectrum for me personally. So I think we're going to see them getting down fields and then possibly struggling once they get in the red zone to learn those nuances of finding those little pockets available of space. So I think this is going to be a battle, a close game, and I think field goals and any points are going to be at a premium. Look for that to hit the over. Yeah, the Colts kind of surprised me last week, to be honest. I thought the Jaguars, I know they ended up winning by, I think, 11, but the Colts should have covered, and, I mean, they had some good moments. Anthony Richardson showed flashes of really good. For me, this comes out, D'Amico Ryans is a is a, a newer head coach, and I like what he's building. Will Anderson and J- Jonathan Greenard, or Greenyard, however you pronounce it, um, as the DNs, I think you could take away some of that running game um, for Anthony Richardson, and I think that, I mean, Damian Pierce was really good last year. I think the Texans can try to find some success running the ball. I lean towards the Texans, but 
to be honest, I'll probably stay away with it and just go with the field goals. I like a lot with what you said there, and these coaches are both going to try to take points, I think, when they can, and we'll see what happens. It should be a fun one. I completely agree, Kier. Um, Yeah, I think this is just going to be a great game to watch because these, these two young quarterbacks, they excite me for a it's lot a of different reasons. For it, one of the two it really is. This, this, this is yep. really a big, big moment early on in both of their careers, and I'm looking forward to it. Moving along, I know this one's going to strike a chord with you because you're sitting across from me in a Seattle Seahawks hoodie as we're speaking right now. I got Seattle versus the Lions, DK Metcalf to score an anytime touchdown, plus 187. You know what? DK Metcalf openly addressed his lack of effort from game one. He said he wasn't good enough. It was a shock opening defeat in many ways to a LA Rams team that not a lot of people had going into this game on the road in Seattle. And let's not forget DK Metcalf in the first half last week. He had a good first half. He put up three catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. I think this is a really, really big statement game against a hot-headed Lions team coming in, oozing with confidence after taking down the defending champions on the road in the first game of the NFL season. But guess what? As good as it was, Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey, with a ton of drops from all of his receivers, he still diced them up for two touchdowns and nearly 250 yards. So I think those Lions can be exposed, especially through the passing game by the Seahawks team. Yeah, this one seems like a weird one, right? I mean, coming off last week, it seemed like a Lions Super Bowl. They beat the Chiefs at home on when they were unveiling their banner. The Lions are a type of team under Dan Campbell's. They'll always go for the win. They're not... They're not playing safe in any sense. They'll do fakes. They'll do on special teams. They'll do onside kicks, fake punts, whatever they got to do. Go for it on fourth. They've sold out the the stadium. They've gotten everybody. They've sold out the blue ski masks. They got. <laughs> I gold. heard it's, about these ski masks. The Lions, the, the Lions fans have been there. So this is a lot of time built up waiting for this team to be good, and they finally got a team that they think is good. Seahawks get back Devin Witherspoon on defense, which is a great corner addition on the opposite side of Tariq Woolen. Some Jamal Adams, potentially. I mean, the Seahawks secondary, I think, is maybe not quite there yet, but I think by the end of the season, they're going to be very good. But the Seahawks lose both their starting tackles, right? They just signed Jason Peters this week to the practice squad. 41-year-old former Pro Bowler. Don't get me wrong. He's He's a fantastic offensive lineman. Great tackle, but three practices with the squad I think he had and he might play they're talking about it scares me but to be honest with you and especially with Aiden Hutchinson coming off the edge it's and Houston it's they got they got good pass rush they're confident these Lions think they can beat anyone and they think they can win the Super Bowl the last couple times these guys have played have been absolute it's been an absolute shootout they've gone crazy games crazy I like the over 47 I think both teams are going to go for it. I think they're going to let it fly. I think the Seahawks looked horrible last week. Like you said, their effort wasn't there. I think they figured we got a lot of talented guys on this roster. We can just roll the balls out and win. Um, They looked decent in the first half. They missed the field goal. Both tackles went down, and they were able to do nothing. It was one of the grossest halves of football I've ever seen out of them in the second half. But I'll probably talk myself into the Seahawks winning this game because I'm a sicko, and I love the Seahawks. But I'm looking at over 47. I think both quarterbacks can can throw. I think both there's going to be an up-and-down game. I think it's going to be exciting to watch. I like the over. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think this is going to be a phenomenal game to watch from an offensive standpoint. And like you say, those key injuries on the line, we'll see how Seattle adjusts and how they cope with that. That's going to be something to keep a close eye on. Absolutely. Moving on, Green Bay, Atlanta. I know you were keeping a close eye on this one, Kieran. and I'm interested to get your take on what we're going to see from these two very new, young-looking teams here. This is an interesting matchup. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Jordan Love looked great last week. The Packers as a whole looked great. I know they were playing Chicago. It's a rivalry game. It's easy to get up for a game like that. Their defense was phenomenal, right? But on the other side, Desmond Ritter's undefeated at home in college and so far in the NFL. And they are playing in Atlanta. That shocks me hearing that because, I mean, I don't really think that highly yet of Desmond Ritter. And don't get me wrong, he led them to a great week one win in a very tough divisional matchup. But to be undefeated throughout college and in the NFL so far at home, that's a shocking statistic and one to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I like like Arthur Smith. And you got to keep an eye on Christian Watson missed last week with a hamstring. He's still questionable. Aaron Jones last week tweaked his hamstring. Banged up, missing practice. He seemed to be running around on the sidelines. Excitement, so that might be more of a precaution thing. If if Aaron Jones is out, look for A.J. Dillon to have a massive game, right? Because his role now steps up huge, and he is that number one back behind a pretty good offensive line. I like him to score and have some over some yards and some carries for sure. But let's let's find out the running game, the running game. Bijan Robinson with a phenomenal one of the nicest first touchdowns in the NFL. You'll you'll see the way he made that move. Thomas Algier, or however you pronounce his last name, I'm not 100% sure. He, I think he had two touchdowns. He looked good as their backup running back. And, of course, he had his 1,000-yard season last year. They're getting Cordero Patterson back, who's kind of a do-it-all Swiss Army knife in that sense. But they have to get Kyle Pitts and Drake London involved. They have to be able to throw the ball. They got two weapons, and they have to be able to hit them. If they can't, I don't see how they can keep winning. Uh, I like Green Bay to get the win. They're plus one and a half, but I actually like them to just win outright. I think their defense can kind of take over this game. And again, it's one of those things that's Atlanta, prove it to me. If they do throw the ball down the field and Kyle Pitts and Drake London can get involved and their run game stays good and they win, good for them. And I'll eat my words, but until then, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with the defense for me. Yeah, great, great points you raised there. Atlanta, they do have that dynamic two-headed monster. And throwing in Cordell Patterson, who we've all seen do it out of the backfield, do he it from a wide ball. receiver yep. position, they have a lot of interesting pieces they can move around on that unit. But I'm with you. I believe in this Jordan Love thing. I believe in the Green Bay Packers. If they're coming I, I in healthy... I took the Packers to win their division. I know the Lions look great. So far, the Bears have not looked great, neither of the Vikings. But I, I think the Packers are not regressing. Jordan Love has had a lot of experience learning behind one of the best, and they have enough going with that team with their run game and defense and being well coached that I think he doesn't have to be a world beater for them to be successful. No, and you could even see in the nuances of a few of Jordan Love's passes from week one, he kind of showed that Aaron Rodgers kind of swagger throwing them out of the gun. And, and yeah, he, yeah, he looks to show a lot of uh, great experience Imitation under is the Aaron Rodgers. form of flattery, right? You learn behind one of the all-time best you pick up things from him. You've even seen a little bit of it with Zach Wilson and in a sense too for that short amount of time. And guess what? This team believes in Jordan Love. They do. In they're, a big way. They're over Aaron Rodgers. He's gone and they're moving forward with Jordan Love and I think they can they can make the playoffs. Yeah, and they're confident in the unit they have. Yeah, that's that's some great points you raised there. I wanna take us to a game that maybe doesn't need to be talked about too much, but the Giants versus the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, we saw it. 
the Giants got absolutely embarrassed for better parts of that game against the the Cowboys on Sunday night in prime time. And to be completely honest with you, I think there's a big overreaction there. I think a lot of that was due to the fact that the Cowboys defense and special teams, they just made big things happen at key moments early on. And the Giants, they... Like Jesse touched on previously, they're not really built to come back from those giant deficits early on, but we're talking about two total different football teams here between the Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals for this matchup here. Yeah, I mean, this game's simple to me. Don't think, just shoot. The Cardinals suck. I think a lot of the reason they even competed with the Commanders was Sam Howell trying to do a little bit too much. I don't think they're a good team. Giants have to rebound. Like you said, they have more success they do well. I mean, they were instantly, as soon as Dan Jones got the ball, he's either handing it off or he was bootlegging out because they know they couldn't stop the Giants' defense, or, sorry, the Cowboys', Cowboys defensive line. I think the Giants, this is one of my favorite plays of the week, if not my favorite play of the week, especially, um, I'll review it a little more before Sunday, but the Giants minus four, I think, I think the Giants handle the Cardinals easily. I think the Cardinals are arguably the worst team in the league, and I think the Giants, I think the Giants get right a little bit in this game. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge game for the Giants. They cannot afford to slip up in this very winnable matchup with the They have the a Cardinals. better roster, and I think they have better coaching. Wink Martindale got a little bit... I mean, his defense didn't do that bad, but overall, I know that coaching staff was embarrassed. Brian Dable doesn't get beat like that. In his mind, he really hates it. So I think the Giants come back with a vengeance, and I think the Giants come ready to go. I love that. I love that call. I love that play. And yeah, Giants just seems like a very obvious pick for a lot of people. I'll I'll have them in my survivor pool this week, I believe. I actually took Washington in the survivor pool against the same Cardinals last week as well. So yeah, neither of us thinking too highly of the Cardinals along with many other people who are NFL fans this year. Moving on, speaking of those Cowboys, we got the Jets playing the Cowboys this week. As we all know, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing. He's not going to be part of this team for the rest of the year. It's Zach Wilson coming in. Big matchup for both teams. Both these defenses looked phenomenal. Absolutely incredible against the Bills and the Giants, respectively, in Week 1. I I think this is going to be such a battle here. I think the defenses are both going to want to say, I'm the alpha, I'm the top dog, we're the best in the NFL. I think this is going to be very tight in these trenches. I think field goals are going to be at a premium in this game, and I'm looking for it to be over two and a half field goals for this game. Yeah, I like that. I have it written down here that the Giant, or the Cowboys defense leads the league in takeaways since Dan Quinn has been there. Um, they looked phenomenal, and... Another thing that last week, both the Cowboys and the Jets, not only did they look great defensively, but on special teams, they all both had big plays, which I think is huge. Is Brees Hall going to be on a snap count? I saw something about that. Obviously, we'll know more by the time the game comes, and that can make a difference because that would elevate the role for Dalvin Cook and even Michael Carter, which are stu- still two very capable backs. But Brees Hall showed a lot of explosiveness last game and had a couple massive runs that kept them in that game, right? So... Let's see about Zach Wilson. We know going into this season, he's arguably the statistically like the worst quarterback to ever play in the NFL, but he had a bit of time to grow up. He had a bit of learning under Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going to be great, but can they be good enough with the run game and defense? I like low scoring as well, which is why I like the Jets plus nine. Yeah. I like that because if it's going to be a low scoring game and you're giving me almost double digit points, I'm just going to have to take it. I'm not as big of a believer in the Cowboys' offense as some people are. I think defense and special teams did really well there. Tony Pollard's fantastic, but 
Dak Prescott, I just don't believe in. So let's see what happens. I like the Jets plus nine in a in a tighter game than most people think. I think that's a great point you raise. I think I think plus nine in what we're seeing as a very tight battle. Like, don't get me wrong, people love to hate on Zach Wilson for a lot of reasons. He came in as a number two pick in the league when he came in in the draft, but I really think that in a sense. Being under Aaron Rodgers in this preseason and learning from him in this short amount of time, I think this alleviates the pressure for Zach Wilson because now he's not expected to do anything. Now the the whole talk from around the league, not within this Jets team, is that they're done because Aaron Rodgers is out. So guess what? He has an opportunity to prove everyone wrong. He has an opportunity to stay competitive for the most part in games whether or not they're winning these games that's another thing but I think he's going to keep it competitive he's not going to turn the ball over they're going to battle in these trenches rely on this running game like you said even with Brees Hall potentially being injured two very capable backs of Dalvin Cook and Michael Carter to balance touches there they could ride with that strong offensive front that will battle with that defensive front on on Dallas this week, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the worst-case scenario for Zach Wilson is he still sucks in everyone's eyes, right? Everyone's kind of written him off already as a bad quarterback. So he has a real chance here to prove that I'm good enough to take a team like this kind of far. And this is a great test because that Cowboys defense, I mean, Michael Parsons is out of control. He is so good. It's it, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I, a lot of different things that could, ha- could happen this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. This is definitely top four on my list going into this week for watching. How about this Washington Commanders versus Denver matchup? This is a very enticing matchup for a lot of different reasons. You know, Denver at times, week one, they looked good, man. They, they had an ability to sustain the ball, keep drives going for a long time, but perhaps too long. Maybe only six possessions isn't enough. Maybe Russell Wilson's got to open up that field, take a few more chances. He's got Jerry Judy back this week. That's a huge, huge addition for him for this offense, especially with Dolchich going down, who was a very good target of his from last season, potentially going to be missing a lot of time as Dolchich. So I think, honestly, I... I see just Denver being a better team across the board than Washington at this moment, man. I got a stat for you, Eli. Since 2002, away teams are 3-21 and in Denver in weeks 1 and 2 because of the combination of the heat and the altitude. I mean, that's mind-blowing. That's, that's a mind-blowing stat. We're talking three wins against 21 losses in the first two weeks. That That's mind-blowing. That's a huge and, stat. Like you said, Jared Judy's coming back. The Broncos only had six possessions last week. They had two touchdowns in the first half. They had a missed field goal, which came back to bite them in the ass because they would have won if they would have hit that, right? And Russell Wilson, he looked better. He did. He made some great passes. I know he missed some stuff, but he looked a lot better. I think Denver has the advantage here. Washington did not impress me last week against playing the Cardinals. I don't know if they just didn't get up for the game because it was the Cardinals or what happened, but... That line, especially allowing Sam Howell to get sacked six times and one being a forced fumble that resulted in a touchdown. I mean, Denver they got to tighten up that line. Too. And I know their pass rush was a little bit lacking in week one, but I think they can kind of get right. I mean, I assume McLaurin's going to be matched up with Patrick Sertan, who, which means he's probably going to get five yards all game. <laughs> yeah. right? So Jahan Dodson's going to have to step up. The commander's uh, dual backfield. Um with Gibson and Robinson are going to have to step up. And to be honest, I just think I like the Broncos here. I think they're well coached. I mean, you know, you're a Saints fan. Sean Payton. Sean Payton doesn't lose a lot twice. Like, Sean Payton will correct the mistakes that they made. 
and put them in a chance to win. So I like the Broncos here. And I also like over field goals because that air in Denver, that altitude, sometimes the balls just fly further. And I think this is a game where both teams just need to get points when they can. Great point on the field goals. Great point on that altitude. And I, I still can't really get over that 3-21 and statistic. I don't think you'll find many better statistics from a home team for the first two weeks of the season dating back that long. That is some shocking, incredible stuff. And yeah, I love Denver, love the over field goals. And how about them Dolphins, man? Yeah, I mean, what is it, 466 passing yards for Tua last week? I mean, Video game stuff, crazy Tyree stuff. Hill, you were telling me a stat before this that 75% of their offensive plays, they had motion going. I think Tyreek Hill on almost every single one of his routes had some type of motion going before. And if you get a guy that fast running before the ball is snapped and everyone else has to start flat-footed, it's nearly impossible to cover him. I'm actually really big on the Pats' defense. I think the Pats looked pretty good last week. They got in that early hole um, with the against the Eagles last week, and they kind of dug their way out of it to fight back and put up a game. And I don't know if that's just a little bit of a Super, a super Bowl loss hangover for the Eagles or if it's a Pats, but I like their defense. But for me, it's it's Dolphins until they prove me wrong. If they got all their weapons going at Tyreek Hill, if he's doing that, it is impossible to cover him. Like we were talking earlier, Bill Belichick, if anyone will be the one to be able to kind of put up a game plan against that. But if we remember last year, the Chargers shut the Dolphins down. They made such an adjustment this year. They're going to make adjustments. And... Tyreek Hill's going to get so much attention that Jalen Waddle opens up. They just have a good offense. I like the Dolphins here, and I like over everything for Tyreek Hill and ride that till the wheels fall off. Yeah, make sure you have Tyreek Hill, as you already probably do, in all your fantasy starting lineups this week because this is going to be a very explosive game, I believe. You know, a lot of people, like you say, very high on this Patriots defense. But guess what? I'm pretty high on their offense, too, and I'm pretty high on Mac Jones. I thought he looked phenomenal at times against an incredibly strong Philadelphia defense, and they were getting tons of pressure on him. He was still finding open receivers, still finding his key tight ends. He loves Hunter Henry, loves getting the ball downfield, and I kind of think this is going to be a little bit more of a shootout than some people are thinking going into this game, Kier. Yeah, I could see it, man. I mean, there's a reason that the... Vegas is giving the Patriots their respect, right? That's why it's only a three-point line. I think people are very uh, in tune with how good the Patriots' defense is. And actually, now their offense has somebody who actually calls offensive plays running their offense, opposed to Matt Patricia last year, who we know is a defensive guy. Um, I'm looking for this to be a really good game. I think I think the Dolphins, they were super good last year while Tua was healthy. I think you trust the Dolphins until they either injuries start building up or they prove you wrong. Completely agree, man. That that team, too fast, too explosive. And I just think, like you say, if it's not Tyreek, Jalen Waddle can hurt you. Raheem Mostert's electric when he gets his touches. Didn't get many. Didn't need many in that game against the Chargers. He could hurt you. And, yeah, I think Dolphins all day in that one as well. I'm with you on that. I think the Dolphins are now becoming a team like the Chiefs in the sense that they're never out of it, right? Tua stepped up at the end of the game. Uh, last week and stepped up in the pocket and made that on-the-run deep throw to Tyreek Hill to get them down the field. I think things like that build and confidence switches. And if people didn't think Tua was the guy then, I think people aren't now. And I think that you just have to go with them. And I think they're if they play as they should, their roster should, and their defense gets guys back, Jalen Ramsey in the middle of the season, I think they could obviously make a deep run if everything clicks for them. So I think, yeah, I think you got to go with the Dolphins. But... Respect to the Patriots. It should be a good one. 
completely agree with all you just said. Let's move along to the Monday night matchup between the Couple Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers. This is what I got. I got Nick Chubb over 75 and a half rush yards. Listen, I know Jack Conklin went down on the IR. That's a huge loss for that offensive line, but a big loss to complement that from the defensive line. Jason Cam Hayward on Pittsburgh, he's done. And I'm just going to come out and say this. Deshaun Watson is not who he used to be as of right now. He has not shown signs that he is that same quarterback that was so electric on Houston. And I think Cleveland knows that they have to establish the run game and be physical in these trenches and get Nick Chubb going. Pittsburgh coughed up 188 yards on the ground combined to San Francisco rushers last week. Nick Chubb easily went over 100 yards against Cincinnati. And you you mentioned this stat to me. This is a crazy statistic. Teams are 0-15 the following week after playing the San Francisco 49ers last season. So that tells me that these 49ers beat you up in more ways than one, not only on the scoreboard, but physically. They crush you. They hurt you. Look for, fuck, look for Cleveland to establish that and get this run game going early and stay with it all the way. Yeah, the 49ers get downhill and they hit hard and they rally to the ball and they take care of business on defense. There's no doubt the Steelers looked about as bad as they could last week. Kenny Pickett did not have a good game. They couldn't really establish anything with the run. The Browns game last week was weird because they played in such bad weather against the Bengals who could not move the ball. They're a pass-first team and the Browns are built to run the ball, right, with their offense. I know you mentioned Conklin going down, but that's still a good offensive line. They're built to run the ball down your throat. Deshaun Watson maybe isn't what he was in Houston or at Clemson, but he looks better than he did last year in week one. He's able to move his feet. His decisions were a bit better. Look for a little more of the passing game to open up this week. I would assume Amari Cooper, I think, is an underrated receiver. He seems to be open all the time. And Deshaun Watson doesn't have to be Superman for this team to be successful. They got a pretty good defense up on Miles Garrett, who is a freak. You saw him do the basketball crossover and then just juke a guy. I mean, I don't even know how that happens. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> just whatever. having a great yeah, time out there. That really. was awesome. Yeah. But I think I think the Steelers are a team that when they're playing well, they're a smash mouth team. Their defense hits hard. They rally to the ball. And they do enough on offense. I don't know right now if this offense has enough. I think Deontay Johnson is going to be out this week, which puts a lot more pressure. Pat Frymuth is banged up, so George Pickens needs to have a big week, and I think he is capable of it. Can Pickett get him the ball? Their run game was non-existent. I think the Browns win this one, but I also love a combination of T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett each to get a sack. I mean, those guys are both game breakers. They're just guys that are that athletic and that good sometimes are just impossible to stop. And I'm looking for both of those guys to have an impact in this game for sure. Two Smash Mouth teams that like to pound it down your throat. And we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I like the Browns here. I'm with you on that and couldn't agree more. This is going to be a physical matchup. It's going to be one in these trenches. And this is going to be a battle between both teams all the way through should be a really good monday nighter and speaking of monday nighters yeah we got we got the panthers and we got the saints i know saints are your team they they took a narrow one against the titans last week what do you feel what do you feel for this game you know what i actually had a 
my co-host Jesse. He called in an exclusive pick for us while out on assignment, well, and I, I I think he he if he Jesse described has an it. Exclusive pick. That means you know he has a feel for this. Yeah, game. he 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 descri- he described it to me in a way that this is going to be a closely contested battle. He expects both defenses to be showing up here, but ultimately. He's riding with the Houdat Nation. He's riding with the Saints to get this win, edge them out in a close battle. He is a big fan of the Panthers' defense, but he thinks Bryce Young, little too raw, little too early for him to hang with the Saints' defense, who was so good in Week 1. I mean, we shut down Derrick Henry, under 65 yards, picked off Tannehill three times, delivered the worst performance of Ryan Tannehill's career, and... Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with Jesse. And yeah, I'm... I mean, the Saints had a top 10 defense last year, and I, I don't see that going anywhere. It seemed to be good. Derek Carr didn't have the best game, but I think they'll put more emphasis on Olave and Michael Thomas and getting that going. I think it's the first game with a new team. Sometimes things don't go that way. Minus Alvin Kamara, so exactly. I but think I, I mean, Jesse's one of the sharper football minds I've ever met, so I'm, I completely agree with him. I think, I think the Saints take it here. I know you love probably to hear that. Might scare you a little bit to hear that, but... I think the Saints can take it. They don't have to be the highest scoring team in the league to win games with that defense. And I think it's going to be probably kind of a close game, but I, I, I trust the Saints more. You guys got your new field goal kicker this week after trading away Will Lutz to Denver. He had a great performance. I actually gave that to you last week over one and a half field goals for him alone. He hit it in the first half, I believe. I I think they're a well put together team and I think the Saints the Saints take this one. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so, and I like to not get too high too early when it comes to my football team, but all the analysis, all the details and stats that go into it tell me that this is our time. I've said it before. I've said it multiple times. If it's not now, it's never. We're in the weakest division potentially in all of football this year, and this is a big divisional matchup, Monday Nighter. Really excited to watch it. Can't wait to watch it, and yeah, I'm really hoping, and we better get that win because that would be... A devastating loss if we don't come through with it. Kier, what you That's got anything it. else to say? I think That's we touched it. on all of it. I think what this, a great slate of games this weekend. Oh, I'm I really excited. I can't wait to watch and thank you so much for coming on this show. We want to bring you these types of episodes going forward. We look to have this as a set factor in our lineup to bring to you guys on a weekly basis. As always, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining. We are the Gridiron Gang Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, at Gridiron Gang Podcast, Google, same thing. Find us on Twitter at Gridiron Gang Pod, TikTok at Gridiron Gang Pod. We're going to be bringing you guys tons of content going forward. We want to take this journey all the way to the end with you. And anything else to add, Kier? If you guys like these guys' content, man, share it. Share it, right? Every every set of ears or eyes you can get on it is is awesome and these guys know what they're talking about so i really appreciate both their opinions i'm excited to tune in every week to hear their recaps uh eli does a phenomenal job jesse knows just about everything about football he sees stuff that other people don't see so it's really in-depth um reviews of games and stuff like that and if we can bring you look ahead games with a couple stats and stuff to uh to get you going into the weekend that's what we're gonna do I love it, man. Thank you once again for joining here. It's been an absolute pleasure talking today. And once again, Gridiron Gang Podcast signing off. Let's ride. Let's ride.